The time is now, the time is here. Round up the soldiers and lend me your ear. Pick your head up, stick your chest out. Be strong, listen closely, cause men can't always be wrong. The time is now, the time is here. Round up the soldiers and lend me your ear. What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? It is the Man Can't Always Be Wrong podcast with your guy T Swin. Your boy J Bean. And uh man, this podcast has been brought to you by CTR Media Network. Make sure you go check out the website, ctrmedianetwork.com, and check out all of the amazing podcasters on there. Man, tonight we got an amazing guest. Um, she's a professor, she's a lawyer, she's an author, and she gives people game on how to protect themselves, keep their money, and make money. We have the amazing Dr. Liddy Lewis. Gotta do my little pom poms. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, I was a cheerleader in high school. I can't get that out of me though. <laughs> gotcha. yeah. I'm so happy to be here, gentlemen. Listen, when you guys interviewed my now husband, uh, David Orozco for Settle Shark, yes, he was like, these brothers are epic. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And we appreciate you for coming on our show tonight with us. Oh, this love is, it. This is big for us. It's going to be a lot of education, a lot of good information for people tonight. And we oh, yeah. appreciate it. So tell us what's been going on with you, Ms. Liddy. Well, you know, in December, I decided that I should um, get married because David and I had been together for like as a couple for six years. And I know these long-term relationships remain long-term relationships sometimes, mm -hmm. but we've known each other for almost 10 years. So we did it. We got married down in uh, Hollywood Beach, Florida in December. And then we went off to Paris for the honeymoon because he was presenting there. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about is like how to make these wonderful trips tax write-offs for your business, right? Yeah, most definitely. Oh, yeah. So we were in Paris for a little over a week, all tax deductible. And mm -hmm. I encourage folks to do that. Um, and then we went to New York, which is my really my hometown, right? New York City. Um, yeah. And we were there for another week to do another series of, um, of presentations for clients and things of that nature. And then we came back um, to Florida. Uh, where we call home now. So as the tax season has started, I cannot help but tell folks, make everything or almost everything that you do a business expense, right? And you get that deduction on your tax return because you run a small business. And I, and people always ask this question when I bring this up, but don't I have to make money to be able to deduct it? And the answer is no, right? If you have been... Um, a startup or a brand new business in 2023, you can make zero dollars in your business and deduct up to $10,000 worth of expenses. That means you're getting a refund right? mm -hmm. and how big it is, you know, other things uh, that you put on the tax return. So remember that, my peeps, that you do not have to make money in the business to be able to deduct the business expenses. And the IRS gives you 10,000 and more if you need it, right? If they're legitimate expenses, traveling, things, training, things of mm -hmm. nature, right? You can go ahead and deduct. So that's my um, tax tip of the hour. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate that because this is tax season, man. So you guys yeah. have to pay attention. And we will be putting her link. Uh, her link is in the description of the episode. So if you're on YouTube watching, man, make sure you check in with Miss Lee. 
And also, we're going to be putting it in the bottom of the screen throughout the show. Now, uh, we met you at the Power Podcasting event in Atlanta. Yes, and, sir. Uh, there were so many people there that you helped out and, and guided them in their careers and their business and uh, helping them make sure they make the right moves to protect themselves. And uh, what are some of the things that you did to help these people out, these, yeah. these creators, these authors? Yeah, and um, several several of the oh, attendees reached out to say that they had not formed an LLC, right? They didn't mm-hmm. have a business structure that they were just doing their gift, right? They're doing their flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, you're losing out on all the tax advantages, right? That's one, right? Number two, you're completely vulnerable. It's like running around in your underwear. Great. <laughs> you have no clothes on, right? Yeah. You're completely vulnerable as a person. And the truth of it is, a lot of people will test you, right? Yeah. They'll push you in your business. Why didn't get there? You know, the products All sorts of stuff that they'll say mm-hmm. um, to not have to pay or to get a refund. So yeah. having a right, so and you've probably experienced some of that, right? Yeah. So the best thing to do is to create a business and what it does, and I want us to really appreciate this as people of color. Mm-hmm. Was the time when we were right in the United States because of who we were, what we looked like, or parents. And it took why lost because it changes things immediately. Right? Yeah to go through the process of showing how it has impact and that's fine we all have stories right that we can talk about but it 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 hurts me when we are not as a people more business ready is what i would call it right the podcast is a business it's something you love to do and yeah yeah yeah. but it's also a business under law right because you are sharing knowledge you're sharing opportunity. You're sharing videos. You're sharing your talents, your skills, your experiences. It's a business in America. And mm-hmm. I tell folks to create the LLC because it's a simple structure, right? Business legal structure than the S Corp, which is really just a tax designation. I tell folks law is very specific. It's yeah. like, what's your address? What street do you live on? In what city? <laughs> what's That's law. What's the number of the house? Don't say I'm mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Or you got to be real specific about where in Atlanta that you're located. So I tell folks law is your friend. And I know you're probably thinking, what is she talking about? I've had law as an issue, right? My whole life. I got tickets on the car. I've got the popo looking for me. Yeah. Right? I got baby mamas, daddy, and baby daddies, yeah. right? Okay, that is one aspect of it. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. But since yeah. we're talking about business and making money, um, protection, and for me, legacy building, right? What yeah. do yeah. I leave behind? And I think yeah. a lot of us are thinking about that now. What do I leave behind? Well, here's the secret. Why not leave your business behind? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right? Your children no longer have to go and find a job, right? They don't yeah. even have to go to college or even they can, you know, learn how to sign their name and they're good to go because <laughs> you left them a profitable business, yeah. right? And, 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 and for the vast majority of us, we didn't get that from our parents. No. And we accept that. We move on from that, right? Flow up, I tell people. Yeah. Just flow up, right? They didn't know. No one told them. Whatever the story may be. And for some, they did have parents, right? 
yeah. that had businesses. And you guys kind of know my story. My dad was an Episcopalian priest. He was also a community lawyer. So what we're doing here today is something he would have done, yeah. right? Right. Yes, they didn't have podcasting back then. So what he had was the front porch of the house. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so that's where he did community law. Right. And that's how I grew up just listening to him. And and for me, the look on people's faces when they had that aha moment after he said something to them. And then yeah. he took the time to tell them what to do step by step the gratitude, the tears, the relief, right? And I watched that and I'm like, oh my God, dad is like saving, you know, the vegetable guy's business. He's saving yeah. the laundromats, the fruit guy, the seamstress, the podcast. They didn't have it back then, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I want us as a people to understand that whatever we're doing, we have a business. It's not a hobby. It's not something that we like to do. We do. It's we like it. Mm -hmm. Also by law, business. So let's treat it like that to get all the advantages <laughs> that the law gives us. Yeah. I, have a, I have a question for you. Um, you know, we hear everything about you know, LLC, escorts, and what about uh, trust funds? How, do, how, how can a trust fund protect you? I love that question, JV. You were reading my mind, weren't you? <laughs> so, so a trust fund, you, you need to create a trust, which is what? A contract. Mm -hmm. Oh, like a trust is this big, <laughs> Ooh, I got to do this. No, it's a contract that I create. I, I've done tons of trusts for folks. And what it does, it lets you put all your assets, right? Under, into that, let's call it a big bucket. Right. Mm -hmm. You can put the house in there. I do. I do it a lot for families that have a special needs child and their parents are getting older. So who is going to take care of the child and where will that child live? Yeah. Right. In a facility or just stay in their home and create a contract with, you know, a, um, a company that sends in someone to, you know, take care of the special needs child, mm -hmm. feed them, bathe them, walk them. But mm -hmm. the house is in the trust. And also there's money left to take care of the house and the cost of having someone come, come over. And also part of the house can be Airbnb to fund itself. Yeah. Right? And look at JP's yeah. face. He was like, oh my God. Right. With it, this is my what my dad taught. Whatever expense that you have, create a, you know, an opposite money flow. Yeah. And whether that's baking cakes, Airbnb, which everybody should be doing, or what's the other one? Now you can rent your car out. Right. Yeah. Turo, is it called Turo? Yeah, so a lot right. of people can use that as a money flow. Um, a lot of people will, rather than do Airbnb, will sublet rooms, right? And all of that money you need an accountant or a lawyer, I say go for a lawyer because they know just about everything the CPA knows and the law. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I tell folks this. So what you have then, you've created a, a, a trust and you've put all of the assets in it. And I tell folks, this is not hard. It's a contract. It's 10 pages. Sit down. Let's do this. Especially if you have not only special needs children, but just children. Yeah. yeah. Right? 
I mean, the folks that usually come to me as referral, oh my God, I gotta talk to Dr. Liddy, she created this trust for us, for our kid. But if you have kids, how do you know for certain that the person that you have said, hey, look out for my kids if something happens to me, mm-hmm. one will do it. How do you know that? Two yeah. will have the resources to do it. And three, where are your kids gonna live? Yeah. Everyone's like shocked when I say this, but that's community lawyering. What does the community need yeah. to feel well, right, about things? So that's what you do. We, we do the trust, put poor in. Even if you don't have the house now, you can always update. Leave them the apartment, <laughs> right? Leave them the condo. <laughs> Heck, leave, leave them a boat. I don't really care where they yeah. live. <laughs> an RV, yeah. Right? Give them an RV. Listen, everyone's RVing. Leave them an RV. That is their home. Um, and, and I tell folks in the RV life, which a lot of folks are doing now, um, you know, hotels are what we call public accommodations under the law, mm-hmm. which is you don't have to be staying there to use their bathrooms, their showers, <laughs> their parking lots, right? You don't need that parking lot you can pull into. And they'll say, oh, you're staying at the hotel? And all you have to say is federal law allows me <laughs> to be on the premises at all time. Would you like to speak to my lawyer about this issue? Oh, no, no, no. You're good. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice card to pull out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just, just to give me a, a better understanding about the trust. So is it like, so who's who, like, once you put something into the trust, who's in charge of it here? Are you yeah. in charge of it? Or your, your child, it goes on to your child? Or exactly how does that transfer over? Yeah. So you decide. And this is the beauty about law. You get to define everything. So once you create the trust, which is the contract, and you're saying what you're putting in there, the house, the car, so on, the bank account. Then it becomes who controls the trust. Well, you want to control it, right, for as long as you live, along with your lawyer's advice, because the laws change, right, from time Mm -hmm. to time. And then you put down who, after when you're gone, are you selecting to be your representative, right, that will continue to look out for the trust and your children and the property and the business. And then you put down after them, Who's, and, if, and if this sounds like the Bible, right? So-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so begot yeah. so-and-so. All of law comes from the Bible, right? It's just that we are using slightly different words, but the structure itself is biblical, right? Yeah. So you decide who, you decide where, you decide how, right? You decide when, when does this trust come alive? Right? Does it is it alive in your lifetime or upon your death? Right? And you need to have people lined up to step in when you're no longer. And that is something as the people, I think we don't often think about who is going to do this work after I'm gone. Right? One, we don't want to think about that we won't be here. Right? Yeah. But the truth is, we're not going to be here after a certain time. (laughs) So we've got to begin to think this way. And it's interesting that a lot of my clients that, um, let's say, are not of our community, constantly think about this. Constantly. If they're going on a trip and they think something may happen, they leave notes, call so-and-so for help, right? And we don't do that. We get in the car, we drive somewhere for a couple of days. Ooh, we're vacationing. And what if something happens? 
right? Who, wh- what does the immediate family do? Who do they call? Who do they contact? And, and the people that we often spend time talking to, our friends, are not necessarily the people at that moment, right? They should be contacting. You know, the next door neighbor may not know what to do. They'll cry, but they don't know what to do next. Your sister or your brother, they'll be crying too, even harder, but they don't know what to do. They don't know what the bank accounts are. They don't know what the title to the house is. They don't know any of this stuff. And that's one of the big things this year. I said, I've got to help us put together all these necessary things, a list of who to contact in a case, not just of an emergency, but when I'm gone. Exactly. Someone gets that phone call. And so much of what we create in our lifetime is lost because there's no sort of carryover, mm-hmm. right, to the next generation. And I and I work with a lot of families to make sure that's in place because when that moment comes, no one is going to really have a clear mindset yeah. Yeah. of what to do, right? Yeah. So that's a great question, Jabeen. You, we've got to put these things in writing. We have to let people know where they are. We have to list out what you want, your intention. You know, take make sure the house is paid off. Make sure that my son goes to T-Swin. Make sure that my daughter is staying with Dr. Liddy. Make sure, you know, and sometimes I don't want to separate the family. It's only for a bit of time until the kids are settled. And some yeah. of them are taking care of parents. Right. So what happens? Yeah. You're not in the picture, but you know your your parents need you. Who's going to look out for your parents? And these are all hard, yeah, discussions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also why some cultures have a bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Right. There, there are certain communities that have you know seven, eight kids. You know, hopefully the kids know what to do, but that's, that's one type of, you know, future planning. (laughs) One take take this bill, one take this bill. And it works. And it works sometimes, maybe not as smoothly as we would want to, but, but, but at least somebody picks up the phone to come to help. Exactly. No, and that's what we want to make sure um, happens. And it, and it, and it isn't always so I tell folks, it isn't always so. Exactly. Well, Miss Lady, we had a question that came in. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. Mr. Clay, man. Shout out to Mr. Clay, man. The head of the Wind Down Wednesday, man. Uh, he says, isn't the law only as good as who is enforcing it? Sometimes, right? We're The type of law that we're doing is, is what we call estate planning. That's what we're talking about. Who who does the trust? Who um, is going to handle the money when you're gone? Who's going to take care of the kids? So estate planning doesn't fall under what we would call enforcement law, right? It's not uh, a regulation. It's not a. It's not like um, when the police pulls us over, right? And you go through that. Here's my license. Here's my insurance. Blah, blah, blah. It's not that type of realm, right? There are different types of law. The law we're talking about is a state planning law. That is all contracts. And contracts are private documents between you and whomever you're working with to carry out your wishes. So the enforcement of it would really be the courts. And you would, or your representative, would have to start that process with the courts because the courts are fine because it's a private contract. They don't need to get involved unless you invite them in. 
Exactly. So the enforcement okay. aspects that we're used to typically don't apply here. This is how the wealthy have done it for generations upon generations. You don't know, we don't know anything about any of these wealthy people's, you know, estate planning. It's all private. It's only on a need to know mm -hmm. basis. And it does not have what we're kind of used to is that you shall do this because it is the law, right? Contracts is creative. It's like, what do you want to do? How do you want it to work out, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a different realm for us. And it's an area of law that we don't talk about as a people, right? Because we're mm -hmm. used to that enforcement type of law, right? We're not used to this type of, I get the power to draft and create my own contracts as to what I want done for my family. We, we often don't get the privilege of doing that, which is why I want to tell the world <laughs> that we got to do this. Now I'm going to bring this comment back up, man. This is David. Professor ah! <laughs> there you go. What's up, sir? Mr. Settle Shark. Yes, it. Settle Shark. Make sure y'all check out Settle Shark. SettleShark.com. Make sure you go there. Private law allows creativity and innovation. That oh, it does. It does. And a shout out to Saddle Shark, that, you know, our company, we have won some really great um, um, refunds for folks, right? Mm -hmm. um, we've, we've gone up against the, the moving industry that breaks your stuff and wants to give you a dollar for all the stuff that they broke. Mm -hmm. um, and we've taken them, we've had clients take them through, uh, um, through the arbitration process through Settle Shark, and we've won arbitrations, you know, thousands yeah. of dollars um, for them. Um, and we're handling much more now. So shout out to all the folks that have been supportive. We are still happy to work with others that, you know, believe that they've had, that they're entitled to a return of their money because of something happened. Yeah. This is private law. This is right what we're talking about, right? Yeah. There's no enforcement, right? When someone breaks your stuff in moving or you hire a cleaning service and they set the curtains on fire, right? Or you take your, <laughs> or you take your jewelry to be fixed and they give you a cheap fake pearls rather than the ones that you brought in, right? Yeah. This is what we've been talking about. Who do you call, right? Um, and for most of us, we can't afford to call a lawyer. So David, myself, and a, a colleague of ours, a buddy of ours, wrote all the tech. I mean, this guy wrote like, yeah hundreds of pages of tech of coding oh, yeah. to make sure all of this worked because we wanted it to be um we wanted it to run on a platform that was secure right and 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 dave's friend friend who does a lot of this powerful work said then you got to write the entire code for it that if you're borrowing pieces from other people's algorithm it's never gonna work the way you want it to work and people can penetrate that, right? Come in when they're not supposed to the back doors because you're using their house, right? So they know mm -hmm. where all the back doors, the windows, the basement is, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to you writing it yourself. So um, Hilani wrote all of those pages of code to make sure it was secure. So we are, we've launched, we're getting these successes. We're so happy. We're like, at some point we will have much more um, results to share, but we're so excited that we've been winning these things. It's a, it's a game changer, I think, for the, for us, right? Yeah. Not, we don't have a place to turn to, now we do. Yeah, so we're yeah sure. 
we had a uh, we had another comment come in. Uh, Mr. Clay again it says, "What do you think about the prenuptial agreement being agreements being broken? Does that affect any of this type of law?" Yeah, yeah. So again, prenuptial agreements are what private contracts, right? They mm -hmm. never get filed. It's you. What do you want? Um, and you know, I'll tell you all story. D David and I were thinking about a prenup, right? Because we're coming with different assets. Right. Mm -hmm. I was married before he was married before, you know, he's got houses. I got condos. right? We've got yeah. bank accounts. Some of us have jewelry. Right. We were we were thinking about a prenup. And then and then we prayed on it and we decided separately. And then we came together and talked about it and said a prenup assumes that there's going to be a point in our marriage that we will no longer want to be married that we're casting that forward, that we're gonna yeah. have problems, yeah. right? So let's not do that and walk in faith and love. And if that should happen, we will sit down then and do what's fair. And that's what we did. We didn't do a prenup. Here's two lawyers, right? Mm -hmm. We came to that decision that if we're people of faith, then let's walk that path. But back to the question in terms of the prenups, those are private documents. And the rule is if, if the people about to be married sign a prenup, or even after you're married, you can sign a prenup, right? Um, and you're separating who gets what in case the marriage doesn't work out. That is still a private contract, right? You decide what, when, who, where, <laughs> why, mm -hmm. right? You decide all of that. You get it notarized, right? I tell folks, notarize everything because you need to have proof that's your signature, that it was you, it was T. Swin who signed, it was J. Bean who yeah. signed. Right. And yeah. not, you know, your brother or somebody who came along. Yeah, you have a twin, right? So you get it, get it notarized. Um, and then you keep it, you know, you keep it in your safety deposit box. or you give a copy to a friend or your, priest, your pastor, somebody else should hold it in case what something happens to you. Right. Where does that, who's going to, if something happens to you, then you can't go get your prenup because you're not a <laughs> Yeah, it's like it never existed. Yeah. It never existed. I see it happen all the time, you know, and nobody right. knows of the prenup. I know there's a prenup, but I don't know where it is. So yeah. you don't have one. You, you can't find it. So but it's the same thing. That's a private contract. It doesn't, the only time you wind up going to court on that is if you disagree a lot about, um, you signed it many, many years ago. Your relationship has changed. There's more mm -hmm. assets. There's more yes, kids. Yes, you didn't anticipate then that prenup doesn't look like your life right now, 10 years later, yeah. right? That's when, so people say update it, right? Update it annually or as big things are changing in your life, revive, you know, the prenup. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how you would make the change. And that would just be a new one. You make the changes, type it up, get it notarized, each get a copy, give a copy to a friend. Um, or pastor, <laughs> you never know what happens. <laughs> then everybody knows your stuff, right? <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna ask. You know, you know, you know. We usually don't tend to think about things until like it happens. You know. So, exactly. what's the kind of active legal activities that we should be practicing? You know, to be prepared or to get yeah. prepared in case it happens. Yeah, and a lot of it is what we've talked about. Have a trust. I tell everyone, have a trust, not a will. And people will say, well, what's the difference? Well, I said a will is a legal doc document that has to go to court. It's a public document that a judge, after you die, <laughs> needs to decide whether your will, the way you said who gets what, is the way it's going to happen. Or if he or she mm -hmm. may make different decisions because of 
you know, circumstances and things that the family's saying. So I say a will is an invitation to go to court. Who wants that invitation? How about nobody? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> right? Jamie is like, oh. yeah. so never. I tell my clients never do a will. I said I don't even. I don't even listen to them when they start talking about a will. We're doing a prenup. It's private. You get to make changes whenever you want. You decide what those changes are going to be. And when you're gone, you're not going to have a judge sitting somewhere yeah. deciding changes that was never your intent. Exactly. Right. You don't want that. Um, so so a trust for sure. The other documents that you should have in place is and we haven't talked about this, but this is as we're getting older, is your health directive. If something happens to you physically, yeah. who do you want to make decisions? And it does not have to be your spouse, right? You're thinking, well, my wife or my husband, your health director can say my cousin, you know, boo poo. <laughs> <laughs> somebody somebody might want to pull a plug on you. So <laughs> <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> and it might be the person you have the prenup with. So you you can make you anyone. <laughs> You're, you know, the person that makes the decisions in your health directive, right? Yeah. And that's anything that has to do decisions regarding to your health, anything, right? Operations, pull the plug or don't pull the plug, right? You yeah. you need to have a good person, right? Yeah. Thinking of <laughs> who, who's yeah. not, yeah. Talk, right? <laughs> You should pick someone that's not going to get anything under the trust, right? So yeah. it doesn't matter to them either way, right? Yeah. Um, to make those uh, decisions, um, you. The other thing you should you should really have is a good, a very good idea of the deductions that we can take in our business. Most people don't know that, right? Yeah. I did a training last year for six weeks. I mean, we had over fifty people on this training every week for three and a half hours. I was yeah. so tired. It was supposed to be like an hour. <laughs> it was like an hour of me talking, here are the instructions, this is how it works, this is how you do it, mm -hmm. and an hour of Q&A. Three hours yeah. later, every, I think it was Wednesday night, for six weeks. And this is when I knew people were hungry, Yeah. right, for that information. So what I told Dr. Tina, is that I have the Q and questions sitting on my computer. I think I'm going to share that with the CTR Media community, right? I mean, I mean, I didn't realize how many questions there there would be. I got two, three, four, six questions if I'm lucky. But three hours later, every single night kept getting bigger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, so. I'm going to begin sharing that because one is tax season and separate from it being tax season. Um, there are certain truths that I believe in that I learned from my dad. And one of those truths is that we should learn the things that we don't know. My father was a stickler for that. And I think that comes from being a priest, right? Right. You have a responsibility to yourself and your loved ones to learn the things that you don't know. And he would always say that that ignorance is a choice, right? Yeah. I choose not to learn. 
<laughs> I don't care what you say, yeah. tactility. I am yeah. not going to learn about trust. I'm not going to learn about taxes, right? Yeah. And and then something happens. Unexpected it happens to you. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, what do I do? And the truth of it is, and this is why lawyers get a bad name. Most lawyers are, are opportunists. They wait for the opportunity when you need them. And that's when they charge you the most mm-hmm. because you need them. I was going to ask you a question. <laughs> I put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's most, not all. The most, I didn't say all, right? Mm-hmm. Because now they know you need them, you know? And, and, and when you need the lawyer the most is when they're charging the most. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and you've got to walk away from that advice because you're like, it's, it's too much. It's right. It's, it's not a proper, you know, equalization of what you have to pay and what they're asking for. Mm-hmm. And rather than lawyers, you know, opening up their heart and saying, OK, what can you afford? And I do this with a lot of clients. Mm-hmm. I said, tell me what you can afford for me to do this. And they're shocked when I say this. Right. And I said, because I'm not trying to put you in debt. I am blessed to do many things in my life. And I believe those blessings come from what my father before me did, right, for other people. So I have a responsibility to be kind and understanding. So I always say, what can you afford? And I'll say, do you need a payment plan? Because I do payment plans. And people are shocked. <laughs> Not yeah. even a payment plan. It's a layaway plan. Did your parents do layaways? Because my mom yeah, said yeah. <laughs> At the school, <laughs> <laughs> we had Woolworths, uh, store car right. and you know, yeah, put stuff on layaway. Put stuff on layaway. Yeah. It's a layaway plan. Right? Nobody, yeah. looked, nobody looked down on you back then. Nobody. 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 But a lot of stores are returning to the layaway plan, right? They're returning because think about it. No one ever really defaulted, you know, not pay the layaway plan, right? No matter how long it took them. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. They eventually paid off, right? Yeah. The layaway plan. And they got Still the couch. Waiting. They got the TV. Yeah. Right? The went, Nintendo. Yeah. The Nintendo. Everybody was happy. Everybody was happy. Yeah. yeah, we put it on a credit card. We get it right away. The yeah. interest is so high on these credit cards. We wind yeah. up defaulting. We get it on our credit report. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Right. So I, I I have for a long time, for years now, done a layaway plan. And I say to people, I had three clients today, two, three brand new client conversations, at the end of which they always say, how much is this going to be? Right. Mm-hmm. And I, and I say to them, how much can you afford right now? We can put it on layaway. And they all start laughing. Right. They all start laughing about the layaway plan. But it's true. And I'm going to bring that back into law. Because I think yeah. I'll help more people with the layaway plan. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people, they probably just laugh because they don't believe it. They're like, are you for real? You yeah. know? Oh, yeah. I got a lot sometimes. Actually, actually, a plan like that helped save my brother, my brother's life. It kept My brother was innocent and it kept him free because I had got a super lawyer. He was like mm-hmm. top 10 in the country. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, this is how much I cost. I'll break it down into payments. Can you do that? I said, yes, sir. And so... <laughs> Yeah, and he took care of everything, and my brother stayed free, and everything was good. But if and, he, and, and, and you see how blessed that your brother and you were, right? Because mm-hmm. I call those blessings from above. 
right? Because he could have easily said, well, it's 15, 20,000, you know, you got a check, you got a credit card, you know, and no payment plan, right? He could have easily have done that, but that's not who he is, Yeah. right? You know, um, and I want us to bring that back, all of us, you know, we can put it on a Getting back to like, I know you do a lot for small businesses. Uh, yeah. Why do you think that, you know, in this day and time that we need that you know, everybody needs to start, kind of be their own little business, you know, start their own little business. So why do you think that we need to do that in this day and time? Why should we do that? Well, yeah. part of it is America is the land of small businesses. That's how America started, right? We forget that, right? Yeah. Benjamin Franklin didn't work for nobody. You know, Thomas Jefferson didn't work for nobody. Yeah. George Washington didn't work for nobody. You know, Hamilton didn't work for nobody. If, if, if you go to the founding, yeah. nobody worked for anybody. Yeah. Now, we're not going to get into, yes, they did have plantations. They did have slaves. That's a different conversation. And I'm so, happy to yeah. come back to talk about that one. But <laughs> they were all business owners. Mm -hmm. So, and the tax code, I tell people that we hate, which I love, by the way, because I'm getting all my money back. <laughs> was written for entrepreneurs. And you're like, why would the tax code be written for entrepreneurs? Well, who do you think wrote the codes? Entrepreneurs. It works for them. Yeah. It works great. It doesn't work for us. And I'll say us as a group, a collective of people, because we historically tend not to be entrepreneurs. Yeah. yeah. Right? We tend to be employees. Yeah. <laughs> That's the you, thing. And why do you think that is? Because we learn from our parents, you know, and I'm not going to blame that. I'm going to say that's just the point of reference, right? We learn from our parents. We saw our parents go to work. Are we, our parents encouraged us to get degrees and do what? Get a good job, <laughs> right? Yeah. We also watched people that we cared about go get great jobs, how excited they were. So our mental mindset process has always been about getting a job, working the job, moving up the ranks, getting the promotions, right? Going through retirement, getting the retirement party, getting whatever it is, the gold watch, blah, blah, blah. That has been the singular focus. And we, and we say, why is that? One is our, our parents taught us what they knew. The other thing is the educational system, that public educational system that we all went through, myself included, right? Yes. Trains us to be employees. Oh, so-and-so has a job. Perhaps you'd like to apply. Oh, you can be a teacher. Oh, you should be a nurse. Oh, you should be a doctor. All of that mm -hmm. is an employee status working for someone else where you get a fixed paycheck. And we've learned to become, as a people, comfortable with getting a paycheck. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Some people get big paychecks. But mm -hmm. the problem with that is that we're never encouraged to develop our entrepreneurial business skills. No one pulled me aside when I was growing up mm. to say, hey, Liddy, why don't you open a business and you can write letters for people? No one told me that. You know, why don't you open a business and you can read letters that people gave, you know, God, what, what are they saying here? What, what do they mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and charge them a dollar for each time you, you read a letter to them. Right. Yeah. 
No one put that in my head. And what was in my head was to go to college, get the best job that I could, work in that job, keep getting promotions, and get a retirement party when I got into my 50s. That was what I was told. Yeah. Right? And then things happened, like my dad died. Right? And very quickly, we went from having a house to not having a house. Like that. I was nine. And I and I tell people the story because life can change in an instant yeah. for us. Right? And what do we rely on when it happens? What do we fall back on from money to feed ourselves, to have a home to be in? And when that happened, my mom lost the house within like, I was a kid, like 30 days, 45 days. It was like one day we had yeah. it and the next day yeah. they were oh, taking boxes yeah. out, right? Yeah. <laughs> People were taking boxes out. I had yeah. no idea what had, what was happening. Yeah. And, and that's how it happens for most of us. We don't know when our lives are going to change and not yeah. necessarily for the better. So we've yeah. got to be prepared. Our families need to be prepared. Documents need to be in place. Yeah. We need to be able to call a lawyer that, you know, when you when you call the lawyer to help your buddy, right? You know, you mm-hmm. need to find a good lawyer, someone that's going to work with you. And I say lawyers because lawyers were designed to do good in this world. All of the founding fathers were lawyers primarily, most, 90% of them. Right. They did other things. They invented things. They ran plantations, but they mm-hmm. were also lawyers. Right. Yeah. Because they they were creating a new country. They needed to understand the laws that applied to them and the laws that they would push on to other people. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they needed to understand that. Right. Yeah. If you look at all of the big businesses that we have, Dell, you know, Google, Amazon, you name it. Their lawyers sit right next to the owner. Because the owner needs to understand what's going to be the ramification, the result, if I do this versus this, mm-hmm. right? That lawyer is right there to guide them. And if they don't know, they go find out and come back, right? Because that's how we're trained. Go do the research. We come back. Yeah. This yeah. way, this is going to happen. We do it this way, right? Most of us aren't trained that way. And, 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 and I say law should be taught in high school. Before you get your high school degree, you need a lawyering class, right, to understand mm-hmm. how... The American law is going to impose itself on you, right? Not mm-hmm. just at, on business, but on the criminal side as well, because, hey, you know, running while brown. <laughs> so, you know, no, 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 I didn't do anything. Yeah. But you need to know your rights. You need to, you know, these are fundamental law lessons that we're not taught. All right, we had stumble a... into them. Oh, I have a question. Sorry. Yes, you yeah, know, yeah. I can talk about this forever, right? <laughs> we, got a, we got a question from Miss Octavia Swanson. Uh, are trusts only valid in the states issued or nationwide? Na- no, not only nationwide. How about globally? Hmm. If you die in Mexico, your trust is still effective. Hmm. Right? Because it's a private contract. So even though you live in a particular state, let's say Texas, right? If yeah. you die in Mexico, your trust still is effective, regardless of where you live, 
after you've created it, where you pass away from, or any change in the law. It's the law that was in effect at the time that you wrote the trust. Gotcha. You didn't know anything else to apply other than what you knew at that time. And so that's one of the few times where the law is like frozen, right, for you. And you do not need to go to court when you have a trust. The trustee needs to be notified to start distributing the assets to the people that it's supposed to go to. So yeah. it's private law, right? It's law between you, the people on the trust, and the lawyer or the trustee, right? Most trustees tend to be lawyers, but not all. It's a it's a private relationship. It's a private discussion that is held. There's no court involved. All right. We got another comment from uh, Mr. Clay. Rockefeller started the programming system by funding the schools so as to make you a good employee. Yes. And you know why? Because he needed employees. Well, well, yeah. well stated, right? Most people don't realize that. They're like, oh, Rockefeller, Rockefeller, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Remember, I lived in New York, so we had Rockefeller yeah. Center Rockefeller. and Plaza right there. Yeah. Mega, 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 right? And the thing with um, Rockefellers is that they needed employees. So mm -hmm. the, the key became, let's make it very attractive, right? to have you come and work <laughs> and give yeah. us all of your good years, all 50 years yes. of working, your talent, and you never get the opportunity to start your own business. Because mm -hmm. we'll keep you as an employee. And what do you get at the end of 50 years? You got some raises, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get a watch or a party or cake or something and they're, and, and they're done with you. Yeah, you We forget that. Let's see. Uh, listen, the king started the day says you can get a predatory loan for 100 K worthless student loan, but not a 10 K small business startup loan. Yep. Yep. Yes. And I'm going to be and I've been working with the Small Business Administration to get um, to get more, more businesses access to the money that they have. Right. Everything is a process. They mm. want you to. Uh, fill out the applications completely. We get that. But they also, I don't want to say there's a ranking, but there's a, well, it's not a preference. Let's just say they're, they're preferred <laughs> folks. Like if you have a business that the business paperwork is in order, that you went through the certification program to be a woman owned or minority owned business, right? Those are their preferred folks because they've spent time with you. They know you now. They're, they can, they're willing to give you a small business loan. If mm -hmm. you haven't gone through that process and you're simply going in, right, to ask them for a loan because they don't know you like they want to know you to feel comfortable with lending you that kind of money. I'm not going to say they deny it. I'm going to say that it gets delayed to the point where you kind of sort of give up. Give up, yeah. Right, yeah. you give up. But we should, and I tell my clients this, and when I do training sessions at the library, Right. I tell folks, get every possible advantage that you can give your business and yourself to get the money <laughs> that the government wants to give to you. Mm -hmm. So if you need to get a certification course, they give them at the Small Business Administration. And usually it's like 200 bucks and they go through the whole program with you. Then you become someone that's preferred because they know your business. They know you. 
right, that they will ap likely approve it than someone who just applies for a small business loan, right? And they don't, they're not able to really look deeply into the financials. How were those numbers created? What did you rely on, right? If you take the certification program, they really get to know your business and the likelihood of you getting a loan is way higher mm -hmm. than if you didn't go through them. It's so funny because we went out, David and I went out to dinner last night and the, uh, we went to a, 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 Thai, a, a, Thai, a Thai restaurant that we like. So the 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 it's a husband, it's a husband and wife team, and the wife had overheard, I guess, conversations David and I were having. Like twice she approached us before and said, May I speak to you? So yesterday she came and literally sat down. She gave us a free dessert and sat down and said, I must talk to you <laughs> about our business. And mm. we literally had a 45-minute conversation um at the Thai restaurant because she wants to buy the building that the Thai restaurant is in and the owner wants to sell and mm. they don't have all the money. So guess what we started talking about? Small business administration. She's a woman from Thailand. She's owned that restaurant in that building for 12 years. Mm -hmm. Makes It's a very popular restaurant, but she knew nothing about um, the small business administration certification program. She knew nothing about financials. She knew, so guess what we're going to be doing? We're going to be doing that for her, right? Yeah. And, and I say we we should really take advantage of every opportunity that's there. We got we got the comments. The comments are pouring in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my light just went out. Do you realize what's <laughs> my light went out that way? Please don't go out this light. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, oh, what was the question on that one? I'm sorry. Do you do SBA prep? I do, do SBA do applications. <laughs> So not only the prep, we get it done. <laughs> and there's another Let's get question. It done. There's another one in here about uh SBA. Uh, uh what please elaborate on how being preferred SBA 504-703. Okay, so when you're preferred is that you've gone through their training, right? They're giving you a lot of money. And I say this all the time. Here's an example. If you were going to marry someone, would you marry the person you've been dating or someone that just came your way the other day? Who are you more likely to marry? Probably the person you've been dating, right? Yeah. You've known them, you know their weak spots, you know their strengths, mm -hmm. blah, blah. Not just someone who came in through the door the other day that wants to go out and date. It's the same analogy with the SBA. They do have a lot of money to give. They tend to give it out to the businesses that they know well. That's just, they won't admit to it, but just look at the approvals of who are they approving. It's going to be people that went through certifications, with people that went through their trainings. You know, these are people that they've spent time with. And if there is a hiccup in the problem, they're going to in the business, they're going to know about it. And think about it. I I don't have a problem with that, to be honest with you. Right? If you were going to give your keys for your house keys, because you're going away on vacation, would you give it to someone you know, or someone who walked up to you and said, hey, I can watch your house for you, right? You yeah. give it the keys to someone you know, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, so when you put the SBA in contact, you're now, okay, I need to do their training. Yes, you do. You need to do their training, and then their application is not easy. 
right? Which is why I say I work with folks to get those applications done because they ask for a lot of detail that we have to create, right? And we're not used to creating all this level of paperwork because we don't need it to run our businesses. Why would we have them, right? But when it comes to the loan, they want that detail. And I'll tell you this, they approve a lot more applications than we realize, right? If the paperwork is together, you've done their training, which is free by the way, or like 200, it's something minimal, you know, $200. And you can even get a waiver from that if you ask them, right? Um, hmm. They will fund the business. And if you're not ready for the loan application, they tell you and they'll tell you why you're not ready, what it is that you need to fix, right? To get yourself ready. So I tell folks the opportunities are there. We just don't know the details, <laughs> right? To go get them, exactly. right? But now we can turn that around. We can always turn that around. Man, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, we get, oh, what happened? I'm sorry. So you're giving us some really good information. Yeah. We put the link at the bottom of the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, the link is in the description. Man, if you need to get in contact with Dr. Liddy, that's the website to go to. If you need and, help. Oh, I'm sorry, T. So I was going to say the link tree one is probably the better one only because the Dr. Liddy one is not interactive. Yep. Thank you. Tell her back in the day. Bam. There you go. <laughs> Because that has a lot of stuff on it that they can click on and go to where they need to go. My website, listen, here's my one thing. I love the website, but it's on GoDaddy and it is not on, um, uh, it's, it's a lot of content, but I don't think it flows well. I'll, I'll, I'll say it, you know, I don't think, so I have to fix it. <laughs> yeah. I've hired people to fix it, right? I'm, I'm in those boats of, I hired someone to build it who, closed their business, right? After I hired, and they did the, you know, the initial, mm. and a lot of links, you know, I'm in, I'm like you guys, a lot of links are working on my website because the, the, the guy left, <laughs> can't find mm -hmm. him. And yeah. nobody wants to take over and learn somebody else's website to fix it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's the issue. They want you to, they want to start from brand new. They want to start yeah. from brand new. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, which is why Linktree became a godsend. I just need people to go and click and, <laughs> Get yeah. what they want. So Link became a godsend. Okay. We got another question uh, from Mr. Clay. What about those that have been in small business for years and aren't certified and they are successful? That's wonderful. <laughs> I hey! <laughs> that's, yeah. that's wonderful, right? It usually doesn't happen that way, but sometimes it does. But here's what certification does for you. It gives you access to more. It gives you access to more contracts that you could bid on yourself or partner up with someone who's bidding, who mm -hmm. wants a woman or a minority um, fellow business owner on it. Or a veteran. Or a veteran, thank you. <laughs> thank you, T-Smith, or a veteran on it. And we forget that. We forget that we can win together. Right. We often forget that we think that we need to win alone. Right. And that's a hard path. Right. To do. Mm -hmm. I'll be the first to tell you. Right. Even with what I've learned over the years from really being blessed to know other people that took an opportunity to train me. Right. Um, 
there's still more that we can learn and do together. So yes, if you don't need the training and you don't want the SBA money, <laughs> there is, you know, it's, it, I am proud and happy um, when success, successful small businesses that are owned by, by Brown and mm-hmm. black people and women are doing extremely well. And there's many, many, many of them, yeah. right? But I always say, I'd rather use somebody else's money than my own. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. OPM. They know OPV. They don't know OPM. That's what I say. Let's see. Say what if you were approved for the SBA PPP but got trapped in the repayment because bank didn't do their part for forgiveness? Then we need to contact the SBA and let them know specifically what happened because the bank is not going to contact the SBA. Do not think for a moment that the bank that gave the loan through the SBA program is reaching out to the SBA to say, hey, we changed, we changed some things and that disrupted the payment plan. They're not doing that. It's going to fall on you to contact the SBA, provide them the emails, the documents, the letters that the bank sent you so they could, um, I don't want to say reposition, but but it's like a repositioning, revise it and reset it, right? If that's what happened. You need to talk to the SBA with, with, with proof of what happened with the bank. Yes, ma'am. Now, um, <clears throat> Like, like you had talked about the contracts and like uh like you're saying i was in the transportation business for uh, a little bit okay. and i noticed what i found out is that you know there was these contracts these government contracts set aside they were designated for uh, mm-hmm. for women minorities veterans and like they get first dibs or the contract is just designated straight for them yep and then That's also true. too that a lot of people miss some people win contracts because they're the only person that bid on them no so most of the time yeah. Most of the contracts are won by one person, one bidder. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because think about it. We we think it's hard without even finding out. Yeah. We, we oftentimes back away from the opportunity because we think incorrectly, right, mm-hmm. that it's too much work. We don't have the credentials. Um, no one's going to be help us. No one's going to help us. Um, and I think it comes from a place that we don't think we deserve more. Yes. Right. Than what we have. Yeah. And it's a, it's a limiting self-belief that one isn't even true. Right. And, and, and test it, test, prove me wrong. I tell people, please prove me wrong. Apply for the SBA loans. (laughs) Right. Go through their training. <laughs> Have them review or me or whomever you want to work with. Review what you're submitting in terms of the bidding that you're doing. And then when they give award you the contract, not take it. Don't take it. <laughs> Say, oh no, no, no. I don't want it. <laughs> I just wanted to prove Dr. Liddy wrong, right? <laughs> that, that I would not get this contract. But now that I've gotten this contract because I did exactly. work, I don't want this contract. I don't want this money <laughs> right, that you want to give me. And there's another thing you can do that people don't realize. You can win the contract and then transfer the contract to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, really, you don't have to do the work. Yeah, you hire contractors. Right. You hire contractors to do it. 
So women, you keep your share, right? Yeah. And then you work, you transfer it to the contractors to do. Now, now uh, do you know the different levels of the amounts for the contracts? Because uh, what is it like a small contract? It's like all the way up to like 10 or 20 million, something yeah. like that. Yeah. That's a small contract. That's a small it, one. With the government. That's a small yeah. one. And, and if and if you do one well, you become on the preferred list. Mm-hmm. You're you've proven that you can deliver excellence to them. And even if you're late all the time, you had a hire Ray Ray and Poo Poo because they quit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't need to know all that. Yeah. Right? All done, right? <laughs> all they need to know is that you delivered on time, people are happy, and you're ready for the next one. <laughs> yeah. hmm. It's, it's making it harder than it really is. Let's see. If they aren't filed anywhere, how are they enforceable? Let's see. The trust. I guess you're talking about trust, yes. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, like all private contracts, you they're enforceable when you walk it through or bring it through the court system. But think of what we're talking about. We're talking about a trust, which is a love letter to your family as to what you're giving to whom and who's responsible for giving them this gift that you're leaving them. What? Everybody wants to enforce that. Everybody wants that. Yeah. Right. It's this is not a contract where you need to bring to my house 500 oranges every Tuesday. <laughs> right. And there's like a frost on all the oranges in Florida. There's no good oranges. Right. This is not what we're talking about. Then, yeah, where's my oranges? I need to like sue you. That's not what's happening here. Right. What's happening here is I love you so much. I've created a trust. And in that trust, I've left my house to you. And I've also, because I love you so much, left a bank account with a couple of dollars in there to help pay. If you choose to sell the house, that's your your choice. But I've given you a gift of love. I wish I had one of those. That someone left me this gift, right? My dad kind of sort of did, right? But he did it in a different way because his death was premature. So he didn't have time to put all these things in place, right? But the other way you can transfer assets without a will is to put that person's name on all your accounts. You put them on your bank account. You put them on your checking. You put them on every account that you have, your trading account. Mm-hmm. Wherever you have an account, you add them right to the account. So they co-own the account. Exactly. With you. So if yeah. something happens to you, as soon as they have the, the, the death certificate that they can show, they get all of that. And that's what my dad did for me. He added me. I was a kid. I was nine. right? Hmm. Um, but he added me to all of his accounts. Right. But as a nine year old, I can't support a mortgage. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I wish someone could have guided me through that process, but nobody did. But I, I, I got his investment account, mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't realize he had done that because he died suddenly until I was like early 20s. Not no later than that, late 20s. When I, when the, when the company reached out to me because they had seen an article about me in the New York Times and they recognized the name, my full name, Lydie Pierre Louis. And they said, hey, didn't we have a, a priest with that name? And 
you know, they didn't have to do that, right? Yeah. This is God's hand. Right? Mm-hmm. So when they contacted me and I said, yes, I am. And they asked me some verification questions. Where did I live when I was known? Blah, blah, all this stuff. And they confirmed it was me. And my dad had deposited or he was he was buying gold and silver through this account. Because that's God's mm-hmm. money. Yeah. Right? As a priest. Right? Exactly. And it sat there for almost 20 years and just growed. And by the time they got it to me, it was worth a whole lot of money. I use that as collateral to buy a whole bunch of stuff, right? Never, right? Never. And and, it, and the collateral thing, and I, and I wanted to train on collateral because collateral is, if I don't pay this, then you can take this. People love that. Yeah. Right? So if you don't pay the mortgage, I can get gold. Great. But of course you're going to pay the mortgage. You're going to, because you don't want to give up the gold, but the collateral changes things for us. But I had that because my dad started that 20 years earlier. So I always say, what are we starting now for the people that we love? True. Right? That's the trust, you know, the private documents that that we're talking about. So that wasn't listed anywhere. That wasn't filed anywhere. And the company could have been a sucky company and just pretended they didn't see my name. But they're honor bound, right? They're honor bound. Oh, wait, this Liddy Pierre Louis, she's about the same age. She grew up in Brooklyn. What are the odds, right? And they asked me verifying questions. Like, what was your father's full name? When did he die? What, What was his profession? Right. So Mm -hmm. they narrow it. Who who is likely to know these details? So, again, remember, the trust is a private document. The the only people that are going to enforce it is who you elect to enforce it. That's going to be your trustee. Right. Mm -hmm. Who's the person that you believe will live longer than you that will enforce this love letter that you're leaving for your family and friends? There's no court system involved. Mm. that can change things or delay things even better, right? That people can challenge things. Oh, no, don't give them money to switch, right? Yeah. If there's nobody to give it to, they make the final decisions. They make the final decisions, right? So I know it's a a paradigm shift. It's a mind shift because we were taught or we've been exposed to doing it in one particular way, but that's not the good way to do it. Right. Yeah. The, the 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 trust, which is why that whole area of law yeah. is called trust and estates. Right? Your estate is everything that you own. Mm-hmm. Right? The trust is the contractual document that gives that instructions and directions to all the things, right, that you own. And I know this is information that oftentimes our communities don't get and we, we can do a whole episode on why doesn't our communities get this, in there, right? <laughs> get this information yeah. right but it's different when you hear new information it sometimes doesn't blend well right what what with what we've already known or been taught mm-hmm. and that's because it's not intended to blend yeah. well, right? It's almost disruptive in a way. Hey, no, we have to shift. There's a different way to do it. There's a better way to do it for your family. And I'm just going to say that sometimes it's intentional that it was not taught in the first yeah. instance. Yeah. 
do you think the generation now uh wising up and, and trying to go look and get the information no. and uh, is kids dwindling it's even going down no and, and i'll tell you why there's no one looking for it they don't even know to look for it unless we have conversations like this yeah right they wouldn't even know oh i should do a trust people well that that doesn't come up in high school it doesn't no. come up in college it doesn't come up in graduate school it does it came up in law school because that was a class the lawyers had to you know learn right the doctors don't know about it the medical doctors that are treating the person that's dying they they don't know anything like call the family see what see what plans they have <laughs> you know, the yeah. family's like we don't know yeah they never talk I, I, we had this and we had yeah. uh, we had a guest on uh, dr michelle Mm -hmm. and, uh, we talked about that. The question came up about education. It's like, do you do you feel like they're teaching the kids what they need to learn so they can survive in this world? And I, because I made the statement, I was like, I feel like I didn't get taught anything in school that will prepare me for this world. Mm -hmm. And I'm yeah. gonna go out and on a limb and say I think that's intentional for all of us. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So then you, if you don't know, if it wasn't taught, then you don't know what to do. That's better for you and the ones yeah. that you love. You don't know how to correct it. Yeah. Right. Right. Who do you call a fixer? You know, yeah. and then they're like, what do you say? I'd like you to fix my. <laughs> it is. A... You don't even know how to create the question. Right. You because because we've been so disconnected to what we really, really need to know in our lives for to have a better life yeah. now and to create a better life for those that we love. There, there's just no information about. Right. The SBA thing we've been talking about, that's just a way to get some money to do these things, to create your trust, right? To go ahead and fund it, right? Mm -hmm. To buy property. I'm a, I'm a big believer you have to own property. A big believer you have to own property. And people are like, well, why? I said, well, I'll tell you why. Every time I look at my property value, it's worth a lot more than I bought it for. Yeah. yeah. How about that? They're not making any more land in America, right? So all of us gather together, and you know there was a thing they used to do in the Caribbean where, you know, we, you know, they call it a susu, right? Where ten people or twelve people in a group, and week one, you know, T-Swing gets all the money, right? That everybody put in a hundred dollars, right? So you know now you've got you know two thousand or twenty thousand, however the amount was. Go do something with twenty thousand. Right. The next month, the next week, somebody else gets all the money. Right. Because it's going around and around and around and around. The problem with those things is my mother discovered everybody in the group has got to be truthful and reliable. Mm -hmm. If one person is not truthful and reliable, it's the whole thing. Right? You lose your money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the Asian community to this day believes in it. Mm -hmm. actively right mm -hmm. it's a way to get a big grouping of cash right yeah. amongst yeah. seven or ten people to go do something with it. um yeah. and then continue to help the others do something as well so trust faith in each other becomes a huge huge thing and unfortunately for for several of us you know people have broken our trust yeah you know and we hesitate or we pull away from or we don't do some of the things that could really be beneficial to us and our family because we've been hurt before, lied to before, people stole from us. Um, and and my, as my father would say, 
give that give those people grace and let it go and begin anew. And it's hard. I know. I know it's hard. <laughs> I, got a, I got kind of a, a selfish question. You said you're gonna get get all your money back on your taxes. Uh, do you have any uh, tips or tricks to you know, trying to get some money? Because you know, yeah, that. I've learned that you know the way a lot of wealthy people get those keep their money is that they don't pay taxes. Well, they, well, they pay very little. Yeah, yeah. Well, they pay very little, right? Yeah. So part of it is January first of every year. I tell folks that if you don't have a business, get one. The month of January, February, March, get your business, a real business, like you register it, an LLC, mm-hmm. and you can do. I say the LLC rather than a C corp, and I have to, and I'll explain these things to people. So the LLC, the limited liability company, is an extension of you. So it's what you're doing, but you've put a business around it, right? And then they'll say, how how about a C corp? Well, a C corp is corp, a C corp is a designation from the IRS. It has nothing to do with creating the company, but it's how the company is taxed, right? So you can be a C corp, which are big companies, and most big companies pay nothing, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Or you can do an or you can do an S corp. So if you can be an LLC with an S corp from the IRS. All that means is S used to stand for back in the day, you can only have an S corporation if you were self-employed professional. They define professional as someone who has licenses like the ones I have behind me, right? <laughs> so only those people were allowed to get a self a C-Corp, a self-employed, because you had a license that you were a doctor. You had a license you were a lawyer. You had a license you were a CPA. You, needed to, you had a license because you were a nurse, right? So if you had a license, you can be an S-Corp. Everybody else paid Boku taxes because you couldn't deduct. Right, mm. all of these expenses that you were paying for stuff, even though you had a business. So, if you want to get a maximum return, but the 675 deductions that are in the tax code for small businesses, you need to have a small business. So, tax tip number one if you don't have an LLC, get one now. <laughs> um, the other tax tip for the LLC is your LLC could be in any state in the country, it does not need to be the state that you live in. So there are seven states that don't have any business taxes. They're probably the ones that your LLC should be in, right? Because these are so wealthy. You don't want your chump change. You can keep your little LLC money. We've got big enterprises. We've got tourism. We've got movies. We've got, you know, Losing taxes. We don't need. We don't need you, right? So there's seven states. The lovely state of Florida, which which I co-live in, is one of those states. Guess where my business is located? Florida, not New York, right? <laughs> Why not New York? Well, New York is a really heavily, heavily taxed state if you're a business, right? So you 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 you've kind of have to know the flow of what's better, right, for you. Um, so you want to be in Texas, you know, um, no, no income tax on businesses, woohoo, right? Colorado, woohoo, um, Nevada, a lot of businesses in Nevada, not only do they have no state tax, they don't even report that you're there. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm like, who, who, who are you looking for? What? <laughs> they don't live here, right? And that's because Nevada has the big gaming, gambling, you know. Yeah. They're like, we don't know nothing. <laughs> right? like, oh, is, there, is there gambling going on here? So, you know, so there are all these states that New Hampshire, New, no taxes. You're like, New Hampshire? Yep, no taxes. So you can place your LLC in the states that don't have taxes. I say Florida because I'm here. It's a beautiful place to come and visit. You know, no problema, as I say, if you have your the other uh, big tax tip is that if you're if you're brand new, like you've had your business for less than three years, the government lets you deduct ten thousand dollars of business expenses for each year that you're a startup. And they define a startup; they give you that three-year period that you're still a startup. What does that mean to you? Well, if you didn't have an LLC last year, get one now. So this year's taxes, you can. Um, really get that $10,000 startup advantage. If you did have your LLC last year, great. You can take deduct up to $10,000 because you're still a startup, right? Even though you've been in business for a year. If you've been, and it goes back three years. So 2003, 2002, 2001, each of those years, you can do the $10,000. And it's not limited to $10,000. But it's the ten thousand dollars they kind of sort of expect most people would spend that. We we spend more, of course, right, on getting the business going. Then you might want to say to me, "Well, I already did my taxes for twenty twenty two and twenty twenty one. Um, I can't get that." Yes, you can. You're allowed to revise your taxes going back two years, so we can revise it and put in all of those expenses, right, that you had. Right in 2022 and 2021, you can't go back two years. They'll let you go back. So that's a nice refund check to you. Yeah. Right. Um, that's gonna bring in a couple of thousand. You know, I'm gonna go out on my own based on what I did uh, the past two years for businesses and say that I'll probably get you somewhere in the neighborhood about 35 to 3,800 for each year. Hmm. So we're talking what that's three thousand the the six thousand sixty eight hundred so that's forty so that's forty six hundred dollars as a refund for stuff that you've already done mm -hmm. right that's not even including the following we're gonna do for last year right that's yeah. that's two year back that you're gonna yeah. get that so and you may say that's not a whole lot of money heck I'll take forty six hundred dollars. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Right. And what yeah. if you got that every year going forward because you have yeah. a business? And don't forget these expenses that you're deducting include traveling. Mm -hmm. I tell everybody you should be speaking. The pod, my podcast brothers, you should be, you know, going around the country, right? Doing your podcast in every city you want. And all of that expense is deductible. Right. And you might say, why well, wanna why would I want to do that? You get to travel, meet people. I have found that when people meet you in person, that there's an energy flow that doesn't happen, right? On camera. On camera's good. It's good. Mm -hmm. Okay. But if I were to meet you guys, you'd be like, oh my God, we're funny. <laughs> right? There's so much excitement in the room. There's energy. And it's all deductible. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and 
and the reason it works that way is because remember the tax code was written for businesses and yeah. they necessarily businesses that look like us now mm. there are businesses that look like us right mm. <laughs> but back then when it was first created they didn't look like us and they traveled right and they're they're still traveling um you're entitled and here's the last tip i'll give for the tax you're required every year when you're a company, LLC, S Corp, doesn't matter what type of company um, that you are. Oh, Dr. Tina, <laughs> it doesn't matter what type of company that you have. You're required, right, to have a business, a corporate board meeting, at least one, every year by law. Mm -hmm. That's what the statute also says. You can have that board meeting anywhere in the world. Hawaii, mm -hmm. baby! <laughs> right? Anyway, I'm going to Paris, right? yeah. and your board can come with you. And they too get to deduct that, right, on their taxes because it was a board meeting for you know um, for the for, for the that the business that they are board members of mm -hmm. required to have one. There's no limit to how many you can have. Mm. Oh, trouble now you have to have at least three board members they don't have to come right it's great mm -hmm. if they come but you can go and they can zoom in and you right. might say well how would you possibly justify that well i had to go see some new potential folks in thailand that i could create business opportunities had my board mm. meeting scheduled. They couldn't attend. We Zoomed it, but I needed to be here in Thailand, yeah. right, to do it. Yeah. So I just did it for a client of mine. They write content for big companies, right? And I told them, now that you're an LLC, where will you have your board meeting? And, and they said, we've always wanted to go to, oh, God, what's the place in Mexico? Uh, I'm blanking on the name of Mexico. Cabo. Cabo San Lucas? Yeah, Cabo San Lucas, they said. I said, go. Have your board meeting. Mm -hmm. And they did. And they brought two other board members with them. And as soon as they got back, they sent me the list of all the expenses to begin to talk to Yes. Not in my clue. I love it. Right there, they're like, here are all our receipts. <laughs> so we can mm -hmm. please get started on our taxes. I said, listen, you're, you're in the queue. You Don't worry. You're in the queue. Right? But these are things that unless someone teaches it to us, shares it with us, we would never yeah. in a million years yeah. figure this out. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it makes for, you're going to create new business contacts, whether it's Thailand or Bali or Hawaii, wherever you're going for your board meeting, right? You're going to talk about your business. I tell folks, make sure you present. Have the board meeting, but have a presentation at a library, at a restaurant. Restaurants love opening their, you know, for an hour lunch, lunch and greet, right? Mm. And the reason we do that, in case the IRS says to you, that was just a family vacation, right? We've heard Dr. Liddy's videos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Which is why I say present somewhere. You can have a restaurant, do a po bring, send the poster to the restaurant. You'll be here lunchtime, Wednesday, 12 o'clock to host, you know, sharing about podcasting, right? And what you need to do, what to not do, blah, 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 one hour, and we'll buy you a cup of coffee, 
whatever, right? Or you can buy them, you know, sandwiches. That's all deductible, right? Mm -hmm. And that becomes the legitimate reason for being in Cabo <laughs> to go to this yeah. meeting at this restaurant, right? To present, yeah. to share your business with people, and then detect everything. <laughs> Same. Mm -hmm. I hope this was helpful because this is what people are doing every day. Yeah. Yeah. Taking advantage of the tax code. And while some people are running for it from it, because that's what we were taught, be scared of the tax code. Mm -hmm. The tax code was written for entrepreneurs that are, it doesn't even require you to be profitable. People are like, oh, you've got to make profit to do that. There's nothing in the code that says that. Hmm. Right? And and if you, and this is, and I want to make sure I say this one, one share this one thing about taxes for you. When you have a nonprofit, um, and it's a 501c3, not a state one. 501c3 with the federal government. Google will give you, once you have your 501c3 status, will give you $10,000 a month of free ads because you're a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, did you know about this? Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen it. Have you done it? No, I no, I haven't. I've seen somebody else's company. Somebody else who had a. Uh, <laughs> I haven't done it, but I've seen somebody else who had one. And I was like, man, where the hell is all that advertising money coming from? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. This is what, this is what my peoples, my peoples, the moment you learned about that, I wish that you would have then called me or somebody or try to do it yourself to get that. It's called the Google ad grant. And it works like this. After you have your 501c3 designation from the, from the IRS, that's what they mm -hmm. need right? Then you send it, there's an email that you attach it, you know, the paperwork to, and you send it off to Google and say, Hey, Mr. Google, um, just got my 501c3. I understand you're doing a, a Google ad grant, um, for 501c3s. Our 501c3 is about providing knowledge, training, and empowering new business owners, um, of color or, in, you know, put in whatever, you, you know, extra that's mm -hmm. and make it specific to really what you do because they do watch right yeah. um and how do i get started and they'll say great we'll have somebody reach out to you it's very quick someone reaches out to you you need a website right because that's the whole point of the google ad grant because what they're going to be doing is um giving is sending out advertisements um about your nonprofit to their whole database about you, hmm. right? So they let everyone know in the community. Then what they do, into they allow you to send ads for free because you got that $10,000 grant, so up to $10,000 a month, mm -hmm. that you're sending out advertisements about your nonprofit. So they're marketing to you and then you're marketing as well. Mm -hmm. And what that does is bring a ton of traffic into your business. Get ready for it. Right, because now you don't have to go look for clients. You don't have to go look for opportunities. They're coming to you. They're gonna say, "Oh, we saw your ad on the Google. Um, I need your help." Um, but some people may say, "We want to give you a grant." Right, another grant wants to come your way. But the Google ad grant is 
fantastic. Now, this is how you, um, <laughs> Dr. Tina would say, monetize that, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is how you up-level it, right? You can then create your nonprofit's name to be very similar to your for-profit's profit name. So let's take mine, for instance, right? The Legal Wellness Company is my for-profit. I bring wellness to people when they have the legal issues, business issues, family issues, estate planning, what happened, right? My for-profit is called, ta-da, wait for it, ta-da, finding legal wellness. Guess what happens when the nonprofit, right, that has the Google ad grant is being promoted by Google, right, which is the legal... Finding legal, finding legal wellness. Mm-hmm. It's also going to pop up legal wellness. Mm-hmm. So you're in a way getting a double, right? Double support because the nonprofit's getting that because you were smart enough, right, to name your nonprofit very similar to your for-profit. Now mm-hmm. your for-profit, right, is getting that boost of Google. You know. Um, they don't get the grant, but they get the advertisement. Yeah, they show up as often, right, as the nonprofit is showing up. So now you're providing more eyeballs, more potential clients for your for-profit company yeah. as well. So I hope that was useful. Yeah, very useful. That's killing two birds with one stone. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's what we do. That's what we do. And Google works. Mm-hmm. It works, and it doesn't only work U.S. Google is global. Oh yeah, oh why? So you might start getting people calling you from Bora Bora, saying, "Hey, um, I saw your ad about your nonprofit, and I understand you have a for-profit too." Mm-hmm. Don't tell Google we're doing this. Google will be, "Hey, that doctor Liddy's way too smart. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. hacking the hackers." Yeah. YouTube is listening, so they got to be an AI and YouTube. Right. And it's all good, right? Yeah. We're, we're yeah. serving the world in every possible way. Man, we appreciate all the great information you dropped on us tonight. Uh, this has been yeah. an amazing show. You have been an amazing guest. Um, yeah. Also, too, I wanted to touch on, uh, you have a book coming out soon, right? <laughs> Listen, Dr. Dr. Tune to tell you this. I've been working on this book. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the, the internet told me this, you know. Yeah, yeah. Internet told me this. Like, yeah. I have a book. Yes. So I got two books at this point that are half written. There's one that I'll tell a brief story. Uh the there's one called the visibility book, uh, which um um I was speaking at an event and the gentleman out who started um uh the big uh, it was the is it the so the, uh, a huge blanking out, um, Bob, um, Bob Serrata called me and he was, Sarcasta reached out to me when he heard mm-hmm. me speak. And he is the host and co-owner of the Home Shopping Network. Okay. And, and he said, wow, uh, why don't you have a book that we can sell? I said, what book? You know, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm a doer, right? Yeah. I, I, I bring wellness, right? What, what can I help you with, right? I'm not one of those folks that can sit and just make up stuff, right? <laughs> I need real stuff to do. And so Bob Sacasa says to me, you should have a book because people will love this knowledge. Um, you could be the Susie Orman of law, right? He says, you know, I made Susie famous. 
I said, I don't know. And he said, so where's your book? And I said, somewhere, <laughs> but not here. <laughs> so I have this visibility book that I was supposed to be working on and then COVID happened. And he's still, he's such a good man, Bob Sikowska. He still sends me emails and text messages. We're waiting for your book. So that's one book, which will be sold on the Home Shopping Network. And it's going to be the same format of what Susie Orman did um, did for folks, which is our, our Q&A. You know, let's mm-hmm. solve these legal problems that real people are having and are not getting good intel in, in terms of how to do it. Right. So let's fix that for, for everyone. Um, the other book is one that really Dr. Tina inspired me to write, which is um, helping people understand intellectual property, that our content that we create that we create is worthy of protection from the United States government. So that's our copyrights, our trademarks, um, patents. And people will say, oh, I don't, I don't have enough stuff for a patent. Well, a patent is just a new way of doing something. It's a uniqueness that you bring to something that already exists, right? Um, it's, you know, you might say, oh, I don't need to, I don't need a patent for the podcast. Everybody has one. But some people have successful podcasts and others don't. What is the difference? And if you can create a system where you could almost guarantee, almost guarantee that people that use your system for creating their podcasts would be successful podcasters that's worthy of a patent at least for the patent office to review and tell you no right mm-hmm. but there's always tweaks that you can make well, what what is it missing for you guys you know they work with you so that's the the second book is that i'm working on and none of these things are fully written but this is the year gentlemen i need to get the information out there to the world um and, and, and the reason I say that is because I feel in my spirit that we are, as a group, and my dad used to say this, right, that we fail for lack of knowledge. We fail because we don't know. Yeah. We don't fail because we're lazy. We don't fail because we're poor. We're not, we don't fail because we don't have, you know, enough money or no one supports us, no one believes in us. We fail for lack of knowledge that we don't know how to do things. Right, that no one taught us that process. No one taught us that system. Um, and I know for me, oftentimes, I think, should I know the system, right? Is it is it for me, right? That, you know, and I fall into this religious thing of, well, if it was for me, God would tell me what to do. <laughs> right? And then I'm like, well, it says in the Bible that God expects us to go out and seek knowledge. Mm-hmm. That's an affirmative duty on us to go and find the knowledge to implement it so our children can live well, right? And we see in the Bible that oftentimes the people that are doing good stuff, the benefit is really their children, right? You know, that receive, I mean, they receive some of it, but the true benefit is really um, their kids that receive it. So yes, thank you for bringing that up. I do have those two books that I'm still... (laughs) Yeah. Working on this is the year though because this is, this is for me I'm like I'm pa- giving myself pow pow because <laughs> I'm like why haven't I done this and and I had no real reason other than to write you've got to be deep in it for me 
right? Mm-hmm. It's got to come from deep inside of me, the wording, the phrasing, that is it touching my people? Are they hearing me? Is it clear on paper? And I was, I was telling Dr. Tina this a couple of weeks ago, and I said, you know, in Habakkuk, it talks about how God says, write it clear upon tablet so that those that see it can run with it. That was written over four or 5,000 years ago. Guess what we use now to read? Tablets. <laughs> and, and it just popped in my head the other day. I said, oh my God, it's all yeah. biblical, right? And I'm like, dad, I hear you. I got to get this on a tablet, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you for that. I, it's, it's a reminder to me that there's work that needs to be done for all of us, right? Yeah. And work for me to do too, to make sure that our communities are good um, yeah. and that there's money flow and that there's legal wellness in our communities. Um, and and hopefully I've planted some good seeds tonight to help yeah. folks. Yeah, yeah, if you can see the chat, I'm pretty sure you got some new yeah. things out there. Uh, we got people saying, uh, bring her back. <laughs> yeah, uh, amazing show, you know. Oh, thank you. Uh, I, I have you another, know, question. Yes. another question before we let you go. Uh, you know, you were talking about you know, children and everything, um, legacy. You know, everybody talks about leaving a legacy. So, what, yeah. what steps do you think that we need to take to, to build a long lasting legacy for our family? Yeah. yeah, so there are a couple of things that, and thank you for that question because it's often how do you leave that legacy? Certainly what you gentlemen are doing here, the legacy, because this these videos will live forever until you know YouTube takes them down some. <laughs> but until that We've time. Right. Right, right. Until that time, that's a legacy. Yeah. But the I tell everyone when we talk about legacies, it's three parts, right? It's what we're doing. What do we do? What have we learned? What is our body of knowledge? And it's taken us pain and hardship and sorrow to really create that we will pass down, right? To those that we love, right? That's legacy part one. Legacy part two is money, right? We must leave money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. My dad loved money and it's made a world of difference for me. I want all of us to leave money. And you might say, well, how do I get that money? Well, we can all get a life insurance policy. Exactly. I was yeah. gonna ask now, you. I, now, I don't have a life insurance you know, license, so don't think of it. Gotcha. But this is what I've learned from watching certain clients. They get big insurance policies, right? And when you look at the numbers, the difference between getting a monthly, the monthly premium for getting a $250,000 policy Versus an $850,000 policy might be the difference of a hundred bucks. And they don't tell you. Yeah. Right. So I have clients that get those $850,000 policies. And sometimes I get three three of them with three different companies. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, it's a hundred dollar difference. Yes. Because why is that? It's because they, the, the insurance companies have figured out the algorithm that most people feel uncomfortable going beyond $150, $175 a month. And if you added Hmm. another hundred to that, you would triple the amount of life insurance that your family would get. Exactly. But a hundred bucks, that's not eating like four times. Okay, two times. (laughs) 
It's not eating out two times a month. You now went from leaving two fifty to eight fifty for your family. And I'm like, when I figured out the math, because I was a physics major in college, so math and flow and all of that, you know, lights up my brain, right? And when I figured that out, I called everybody I knew. Hey, change your policies. <laughs> Again, I'm not a life insurance agent. But it's the math. The math never yeah. lies, right? Yeah. Except none of these agents are telling us if we added an extra hundred that we would get $850,000 that we leave in that account, in that trust, you mm -hmm. know, for our family. And what, oh my God, what could they do with $850,000 in cash, a check that comes in? Yeah. It'll change their lives. You know, so I tell everyone, the life insurance policy for sure, pay the extra 100, 125, whatever, and get the $850,000 policy. Do not go up to a million. I'll tell you why. If you get a million dollar policy, because that's the number, right? Everybody gets a million dollar policy. You have to pay so much more. You're paying like four to $500 a month to get that extra 150000 for your hmm. family when it's, for an extra hundred, you get eight fifty, but you need like three or four hundred dollars a month more to get the million. Stay away from that million, right? <laughs> right. Eight hundred and fifty is good <laughs> enough for the family. You're going to be okay. The other thing with regard to legacy building is that you have to put in place your your super group, as I call it, the people that you know for certain when you're no longer around, will carry out and take care of your family for you. That's going to be your lawyer for sure. So who's your lawyer matters. It's going to be um, um, your doctors, right? And you might say, why do I need a doctor on the team? Because the doctor, good doctors, will tell you what's wrong with you early enough so you can get better, so you can extend your life, right? As opposed to going to the random doctor who's available today, your own doctor. Form yeah. that relationship with your own doctor, right? And there is a lot of really good doctors. My brother-in-law is a doctor in Orlando, and I learned this from him, right? And when he said a lot of these folks are just going to the doctor on call, that guy don't care about you. No. <laughs> They're looking at the clock. And they're writing a prescription. They're writing a prescription for your health. So you've yeah. got to form a relationship. Go through the listings, find the one that resonates with you and tell them, I want to make an appointment just to interview you to see if you're the type of doctor that will be looking out for now. They'll be shocked that you say that. Yeah. Right Now you've got a family doctor. Now you've got a family lawyer. If your lawyer doesn't do taxes like I do, you need a really, really good CPA, right? That knows this. Or I tell people, can you just learn this? This is not that hard. Right, you guys must have learned seven things that I've taught you tonight about the taxes, right? At least seven. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, not that yeah. hard, right? Mm -hmm. And I tell folks if you can't afford a tax lawyer or a CPA guy, Intuit is great. For 40 bucks, they've done all the law for you. Right? Sit your booty in a chair and do some Intuit. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Now, it might take you three days, maybe yeah. four days, right? Right? To figure out, oh, yeah. <laughs> you'll do it. And it's like $49 a month. Yeah. 
customers and they take the money out of the refund. I mean, that's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Listen, I don't work into it, right? <laughs> I I do have an affiliation with their sister company, Rocket Lawyer. I get a ton of Rocket Lawyer clients, right? Um, but Intuit, right, is part of that. They own a couple of things. They own Intuit, which is the taxes. They own Rocket Lawyer for the lawyers. They, they own Credit Karma for your credit. Let's get our credit right. I tell everybody, this yeah. is Let's stop this. Let's stop running from the credit dude and turn around. Yeah. <laughs> face him. Yeah. Use credit corner to do it. And when you've exhausted credit corner, call me because I see that, right? To take it off, right? Because you mm-hmm. have all the statute and what they do. Um, one of my clients from B school in Brooklyn told me this. Um, a brother, he does, he does amazing, amazing financial literacy stuff out of Brooklyn. Um, that that they resell the loans repeatedly. That even yeah. if right, they just keep passing them on and on. So you never get out from under this bill, this debt, or whatever with your mm-hmm. credit, right? And so he partnered with me. He's like, "Can you send a legal lawyer?" No, and I said, "Well, if I draft it. I got to be ready to defend it, right? Because they got lawyers too, right?" Yeah. But, so let them understand. Yes. I can draft the letter that says you're in violation of this law, but you got to enforce it. So let them know to enforce it. That can't be free on my end. I love you, but you know, I got to go to the court. <laughs> I got to stand up and tell them something, right? Um, do they remove them? And, and I tell folks sometimes going to court is the best thing for you. We often run away from the court because we think there's going to be some negative judgment on us. Yeah. When yeah. it comes to credit repair, we are the hero because the judges know how badly these credit repair companies behave and threaten us and lie to us and you know resell the debt repeatedly that we can never get away from it. So we are at, a, at an advantage, actually, right, when we go to court and the judge, and this is federal court, not state court, it's the highest court in the state of where you live, right? Most of these credit peoples don't want to be bothered because they know the judge is going to like, where's the paperwork, but it's going to be on them. Right. Mm-hmm. So they rather just withdraw and say, okay, we've taken it off. Right. Or we've gotten more information. So we've taken it off. Blah blah blah. But that's only when you say, let's go to court, let's go to war. Come on, let's do this. Yeah. Stop threatening me. Let's go to war. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. I must have misunderstood. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So those are the things, those are the top things that I would say going um, forward for us. Those are the initial couple of things that I think will make a huge difference in our, in our lives, just giving us peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Lady, you've been an amazing guest. And um, man, I seen something, man. I liked it, the quote on your, on your website at the bottom of the page, you had a quote. Oh, really? Um, What is that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I can't that. remember that T Swift. <laughs> well, I'm gonna ask you a question real quick and then we'll get on out of here. But uh it says um, your emphasis on the pursuit of happiness as a constitutional right is powerful. In today's fast-paced world, how can individuals navigate challenges and actively pursue their happiness? And do you have any uh, practical tips or insights to share on maintaining the pursuit of amidst life's complexities? Yeah. So the pursuit of happiness is in the Constitution. That is a right that each of us have as an American or um, as a citizen of the United States, right? 
is the pursuit of ha happiness. And that was put in there by Alexander Hamilton, mm -hmm. right? That I have a right in this country to pursue to be happy. And we're not taught that, right? At any level of education, right? Not no. even we're taught pursuit of happiness. You, you have to read, like I'm, I'm a student of history because I'm like, was it always this messed up? <laughs> Was it always, was, right? Was everything always against me? Or was there a shift somewhere, yeah. right? And then when you're yeah, history, you're like, oh my God, it was even worse yeah. than it is now, right? <laughs> so yeah. I'm yeah. happy to be living, right? I'm happy to be living in today's times. But Alexander Hamilton, who was born in the Caribbean to um, a Caucasian mother and uh, an African father, right? That they verified, right? Mm -hmm. So he was a brother. And he was treated like a brother, right? Nobody wanted him after his mother died, right? Yeah. You know, he went to work at the age of nine for the shipping companies because mm -hmm. he spoke many languages. And people don't realize that how hard it is when you are poor, regardless of what color you are. And that there was a time in this country, if you were white and poor, you were even worse off. Right. It's, you know, oh, my God, really? I'm like, yeah, because they look down on you even more because their view is we should have had these opportunities. So what did your family do? Right. Mm -hmm. And so when Hamilton came to the United States, he befriended George Washington and he was a mulatto. You know, all these paintings of him that we see, you know, and I'm going to prove this one day. Right? I'm going to go to his home. Right in Nevis, in the island of Nevis in the Caribbean, because they're paintings of him when he was a child. So he's not as light-skinned as <laughs> they often think that Alexander Hamilton, you know, really was. I mean, he was a light-skinned brother, but he was clearly a brother. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that he insisted in the Constitution was this concept of the pursuit of happiness. So it is our legal right to be happy to pursue that, to chase it down, wrestle it to the ground. I want happiness, right? And it is defined by him to be whatever brings you wellness. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> brings you comfort, right? Right. So I'm borrowing yeah. from great minds. I didn't come up with this, right? Right. I yeah. sequenced it. But that is our right. And I and I want us to really understand what that means to us today. You have a constitutional right, which is the highest right in the country, and I'll say the world, if we put the United States as numero uno, right? We have a right in this country to be happy, but yet everything around us <laughs> mm -hmm. behaves and works in a way for us not to be happy. Yeah. What does that mean then? Then that means that, you know, as the as the ancient Mayans used to say, that if it is up, if it is to be, it is up to me. That no one's gonna give it to us. No one's gonna give us happiness. We have to create it for ourselves, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um if it is up to be that it is up to me, I have to do the hard work. No one's gonna do the hard work for me. No one's gonna do the taxes as good as I can do it, once you learn how to do it, no one's going to do them better than me, right? Yeah. If I want to start a business, no one's going to run my business better than me, right? Because it's the love of my business that I'm going to infuse into my business. It becomes an extension of me. It's a part of me. Um, you gentlemen are sharing knowledge that 
the viewers yeah. probably don't get from other places. I'm going to step out on faith and say that. Uh, I, I would agree with you. Right? Yeah. But they're not getting this in other places. That they come to listen, to learn, to find community, to learn what to do next. True believers, no one's going to do it for me. I mean, I've got proof of that. I've asked people to do things for me and they did their best and, you know, it was okay. Mm -hmm. Right? And, it, and it's not that they didn't, it's not that they chose not to do their best. I'm not saying that they were mean-spirited or anything, but I'm saying that they didn't know how to make it the best. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They didn't have the exposure, the understanding to make it their best. So, I believe this is just a Liddy thing, right? Learning from my father as I saw him teach law to people in the community on the front porch for years. He gave his best. He would explain and explain and explain. And if people didn't understand it clear enough that he thought they would make a mistake, he said, I'll do it with you. And, and I remember those moments, and I'm like, wow, yeah. I'm going to do it with them, not for you. And this is what lawyers do, right? So I want to give back our power. I do it with you, right? I'll guide you through what I know to be true. And if I don't know something, I'll say, hey, I don't know, but I'm going to go find out. I'll be right back, right? <laughs> but I, I think we've defaulted into this habitude, as it says in the Bible, this habitude of letting someone do it for us. And here's what I've learned over the years. No one is gonna do it. No one's gonna do it better than you for you. No one. Some will do okay, some will do good, some will do great, but you're gonna be spectacular because it's for you and it's for your legacy, it's for your children, it's for those that you love, it's for the generations to come, you know, from your family. So my model has been for a very long time that I empower the family. Because someone, dad used to empower families, even if it's a family of one, but he viewed them as a family that from them others will come, whether that's by marriage, adoption, what have you, or even if they, you know, just make the decision to stay alone. But we're never truly alone if we believe in faith, right? We believe that God is with us, Jesus is with us, so we're not alone. And there's no reason to be scared on top of it. So I would say that we're living in times that are extremely difficult because we're disconnected. And I'm just going to say this because it's in my spirit that we've been forced to be disconnected from faith, mm -hmm. that we don't believe things will get better, that we see so much sadness, so much loss, so much things that are not good that we've come to expect things that are not good, right? Yeah. That it's a shock to our system and it's, it's almost disbelief when something good mm -hmm. happens to us, right? Yeah. And, and, and I want this, this to be the year, and I'm going to step out on my own faith and said, I want this to be the year that I step forward and be, and do what I've said with you gentlemen tonight, mm -hmm. which is to do the good things. Even when there's 
no real clear path that we still do the right things. And I would want to encourage the listeners that they do the same thing because if you don't, who will? Yeah. And then we lose another generation that's not clear on what to do, that's living on the borderline of whatever, borderline of homelessness, borderline of poverty, borderline of you know, and if we're not going to make that commitment to each other, me and you locking arms to, I'm here to help. You're here to help. You're here to help. We're all here to help. If we don't do that, my sense is that we have really damaged the next generation. Yeah. Right. We didn't do our part properly, you know, and, and we fail for lack of knowledge. Yeah. Right. Lack of know-how and no one comes to our support when we send out the signals. You know, people were like, you know, how was it that the Haitian army was able to defeat Napoleon? Napoleon had taken over everything that he touched. They could not defeat the Haitian army because Haiti was originally Hispaniola, which is yeah. kind of mountainous little mountainous land, mm-hmm. half of it Dominican Republic because there's a giant mountain range, and yeah. then the other half is Haiti. But when Napoleon's army came, they met up against the Haitian army because the trade winds brings you to Haiti and not to the Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. right? So they defeated Napoleon for a couple of reasons that people don't, it's not often written about. One, the Haitian army was trained by Napoleon. There was a requirement that from France that all the able-bodied men that were a certain stature or whatever, rather mm-hmm. than be slaves, would become part of the French military. So the Dessalines, the Toussaints, and all of those guys yeah. had gone to be part of, you know, uh, um, Napoleon's army. And while they were there, they were learning all this thing about freedom and equity and you know strength. And they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So when they went back home to the island, they started training people freedom and strength and unity. And, you know, to this day, the Haitian flag is la union fait la force, which is in unity, we have strength, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so they declared independence, right? These, these very military men that Napoleon trained turned around when they got home right, and said, oh, enough of this slavery stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. We're going to fight. So then Napoleon tricked them and said, okay, all right, you guys are right, all right. We're going to come, we're, let's make peace. You're my best soldiers. This is ridiculous, we shouldn't be fine. So he sends warships mm-hmm. on the pretense of we're going to make this right. The first thing that the war warships did when they got to the island is that they shackled Dessalines, which was the main guy, right? Mm-hmm. And they shackled Toussaint Louverture the other main guy and threw them on ships and took them back to France and executed them. Yeah. And that made the people go crazy. You kill our you kill our warriors. And then the whole island just rose up. Yeah. Then again, again, malaria. God then finds a way and makes all the French soldiers sick with malaria. Mm-hmm. Throwing up, pooing, vomiting, like couldn't fight. <laughs> power of god right on that island and the soldiers are strong warriors themselves from you know the, yeah. the, the were trained 
they, so all the slaves revolted and defeated the army went off um, and the French army went off. I tell this story because it was the first time in history that well-organized slaves beat, and no one had beaten Napoleon's army up until that yeah. point. Mm -hmm. The next battle that Napoleon fought, fought was against the English in Waterloo. And because they had gotten, the soldiers had gotten such a whooping in the Caribbean, could not win against the English in Waterloo. And they failed there. That's the second battle. But history will say the first battle was in Waterloo, but that is mm -hmm. not true. <laughs> yeah. Right? Black and brown people got together. <laughs> they beat Napoleon's army. Like, get out of here! And then God said, "Let me send some pestilence on you. Here's some malaria." Right? Yeah. right. And I tell the story because I want us to understand how blessed we are. Right. That no matter what has gotten us to this point in time, it was a meeting that was meant to be had. That that is on the spiritual realm. We needed to hear these questions. We needed to hear these answers. We needed to see each other. We needed to vibrate with the same sense that our lives can be better, yeah. right? We do not need to accept where we are right now. That by accepting is a failure. The same thing with the Haitian army. They would, Their greatest warriors were entrapped, thrown into a boat, and sent off to France to be executed. They could have said, oh, we don't have leaders anymore, right? We're done. Yeah. Instead, they just rose up and said, oh, you're going to kill one of us? We're going to kill all of you, right? Well, maybe not quite that way, but. <laughs> <laughs> the educational focus is only. But I want us to have that feeling of no matter what has gone before in our lives, where people, whatever people, whatever we've experienced that have trampled us, that made us feel less worthy, unworthy, and that we're alone, it's all a fallacy. Mm -hmm. It's not true. They want you to think and believe that, but on a spiritual level, it is not true. Look at us. Look at us. We're hungry for knowledge. We're hungry for support. And that's the beauty of us. So... I hope the words that I've shared empowers us. I hope that it enriches us. I hope that it elevates our thinking and that we begin to vibrate yeah. on a level of togetherness because we can do this together, right? But it's when we do it alone that we get, you know, taken out, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and, and not just not just on a physical sense that we stop trying, we give up but on a spiritual sense that we don't even try again, right? And that we pass that down to our children. Don't even try, didn't work, blah, 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 right? And then we create the opposite legacy, right? We're not doing a legacy of wealth, right? We're doing a legacy of death almost, right? Don't try, don't do, stay small, you know, just get your little check and blah, blah, blah. Don't, don't anger anyone, you know, don't, um, don't try to buy that house. Don't try to go to college. It didn't work. You know, that was one, what we call in science, one fact point. Mm -hmm. That doesn't define anything else that's being yeah. tested. That's just one fact point. And I think there's so much good that we can do collectively. So I'm here. Reach out to me, my brothers, my sisters. 
Um, and believe me, I don't come alone. I come with a group of other folks that are not on this call that if I call, we'll stand up to help, right? From whatever it is. I've mentioned doctors, I've mentioned scientists, you know, um, I like calling it the collective, well-meaning, well-spirited people that show up, right, to help the community grow. Um, and I want that for all of us, right? I want us all to be in a community like that or in this one, right? Yeah. Um, when I say I've helped seven people today and their commitment is for them, to, each of them to go and help somebody else too, mm -hmm. right? It's not just one flowing, it flows continuously. Yeah. Um, and that's how we change our community and that's how we change our world. Yeah. yeah. Sorry yeah. for talking so much, gentlemen. It was just in my spirit to share it. I apologize. Oh, the energy was good as yeah. it was what it was meant to be. Yeah. yeah. We appreciate it. Uh oh, yeah. than we expected. Uh you dropped so many jewels uh yeah. financially, giving us history and everything. It was all across the board. We appreciate it. Great. The, the, the audience appreciated the chat was going crazy yeah, <laughs> yeah this is us right we're, we're not one-dimensional we're multi-dimensional multi-people across languages across places and we need to remind ourselves of that from time to time that we're not alone in this right and together we're powerful exactly yes ma'am thank you gentlemen yes ma'am thank you her link tree is on the screen. Take the time to write it down, screenshot, do what you got to do to get that information so you can get in contact <laughs> with Dr. Liddy. Um, and, and we got it. People still still, still comment. She was great. Yeah. Aw, thank you. Yeah, so boy, Dave, man, King Star of the Day podcast, man. Uh, Dr. Liddy, we appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. I will make sure that your link tree is put in the description of this show. Uh, okay. video this episode so people can get out and reach to you and get the information they need. Also, too, make sure you check out Settle Sharp. Uh, yeah, uh, business and man, get all the help and information that you need, man, so you can thrive and do what you got to do and keep your legacy going. Yeah. And we appreciate you. Thank you. The power to the man letter, settle sharp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, yeah. And if you haven't hit the like button, hit the like button, man, and tune in. CTR Media Network. This has been the MCABW podcast. Man, can always be wrong. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Hi, gentlemen. Thank you. All right. Thank you, man. All right, bro. That was an amazing show. Now, thank y'all for watching, man. It's your guy T Swin. Your boy J Bean. And we are and get some merch. Hey there, podcast enthusiasts. Get ready to elevate your style and embrace your love for wit and wisdom with the Men Can't Always Be Wrong Podcast Shop. Slide into comfort and confidence with our exclusive line of t-shirts and hoodies. Show the world you're part of the conversation in fashion, forward apparel that speaks volumes. Start your day right with our premium mugs. Perfect for sipping on your favorite brew while tuning in to the latest podcast episodes. Introducing our collection of trendy hats that scream personality because your thoughts deserve a stylish headspace. Carry your enthusiasm with you wherever you go. Our backpacks and duffel bags are not just accessories, they're statements. Step into the future with our slides. The perfect footwear for any casual occasion. Because let's face it, comfort should never compromise style. Visit our online store now and explore the full range of Men Can't Always Be Wrong podcast merch. Plus, with just one click, dive into the world of captivating conversations by connecting to the official podcast webpage. Stop now at mcabwshop.myshopify.com, where being right has never looked this good.
The time is now, the time is here. Round up the soldiers and lend me your ear. Pick your head up, stick your chest out. Be strong, listen closely, cause men can't always be wrong. The time is now, the time is here. Round up the soldiers and lend me your ear. Pick your head up, stick your chest out. Be strong, listen closely, cause men can't always be wrong. Men can't always be. Men can't always be. Men can't always be wrong. Men can't always be. Men can't always be. Men can't always be. Men can't always be wrong. Men can't always be. If anybody's interested in getting into podcasting, grab this book. Go on Amazon, grab this book. It, it goes with me almost everywhere. This book has like a workbook. It has places you can fill it in. It tells you how to monetize your podcast. It tells you how to set it up. It tells you about sponsorships. It even, listen, go on Amazon, get this book. And this is the Bible for podcasters. Listen, it was ranked number one. For in podcasting books, look right here. Best new podcasting book by Book Authority. Right there. Boom. And a little secret. Y'all, when you grab this book, I think it's page 43. There is a code on there. Listen, you can get access to her her class, her, her course. Get her course. It's worth hundreds of dollars. But this book is only, it's less than $50. <laughs> Grab this book on Amazon. I'm telling you, I carry it everywhere. She is the best. Grab this book on Amazon.